Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Google Gemini correctly predicts the present day. Mind control matrix. The internet, television, even our phones wouldn't just be distractions, but tools used to manipulate the masses and suppress critical thinking. I said that correctly. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. And once again, we have good, good, and good martinis. Pretty rare, but we're going to take it. And we start off with an unofficial good martini, but it's officially great news. Today is officially the publication date for Jim's latest novel, Gathering Five Storms. Uh, you can get it today. You could have pre-ordered it, of course, and you can still order it. Uh, but it's now available, the third installment of the Dangerous Click series. And then you can also get the short story, uh, Saving the Devil, which uh, is available for you as well online. So, uh, Jim, congratulations on that. And uh, anything else you want folks to know before they uh, hop on Amazon to go get it? Um, mostly, I think, look, I, I like to think each book is the best one. Um, I think a whole bunch of reviewers seem to really love the first one, Between Two Scorpions. Uh, I think listeners of the Three Martini Lunch podcast might find the climax of Hunting Four Horsemen most interesting. <laughs> Not just because of the location uh, and the fact that it, you know, may remind certain people of a particular movie, but no, this is not a fictional movie. It's a real life location, Fox Plaza. Um, also, I don't know if anyone picked up, uh, Greg, when you read it, I don't know if you picked up on the dynamic, but the um, head of security for Fox Plaza listens to one of the protagonists go off on this long unhinged rant about how he's going to get all the people who have endangered his loved ones and just responds with, Wow. And <laughs> I don't know if that, that, that resonated, but anyway, I just see, you know, I may have had a particular, uh, a particular exchange in mind when I, uh, when I, when I wrote that, but anyway, hope everyone enjoys it. Thanks for the consideration. And Greg, thank you for mentioning it so that I don't need to nag people. <laughs> Happy to do it. Happy to do it. All right. Well, let's get to uh, good martini number one. And this ties in with uh, Jim's morning jolt today as well. But uh, Politico is writing about this as well. It's primary day. We talked about this yesterday in connection to New York. We've got the suddenly ugly matchup between Jerry Nadler and, and Carolyn Maloney, the battle of the committee chairs and 30 years in Congress. We'll see how that one turns out tonight as well as every other house race in New York. And then in uh, Florida, you've got all the house races in the primaries, and then you've also got the statewide races. And the Democrats, of course, uh, licking their chops with the belief that they can beat Governor Ron DeSantis. If they couldn't beat him, as you point out, in 2018, their odds of doing it this year, probably not so good. He's up in recent polls, I think, by high single digits against both Charlie Crist and Nikki Freed. But uh, Jim, Nikki Freed is the latest far-left candidate in a state that does not fit her politics at all, that the media has fallen in love with. And uh, Politico being a little bit upset here, she was Florida Dems' new hope, and then a veteran Paul stepped between her and DeSantis. That Paul being Charlie Crist, who has run for statewide office as a Republican, a Democrat, and an independent, and he actually was a Republican governor at one point, so he's likely to be the nominee. We'll find out today. But uh, Jim, what do you make of the quixotic effort, at least 
at this point, it seems like, of Democrats to take out Ron DeSantis and uh, the Democrats falling in love with yet another person who couldn't possibly win their state. Yeah, I, I can understand listeners saying, wait a minute, why is it good news that Charlie Crist is probably going to win this primary? And I think what is significant about this, uh, yes, you, you lay out, Ron DeSantis is a very good chance of getting reelected, and he's probably going to win by uh, not just the small margin he won last time, he's probably going to win uh, by a substantial margin. And considering how he overperformed his polls last time around, maybe it's going to be a really striking margin. But I think what is significant is that besides Nikki Fried being the next, you know, hot young Democratic rising star who's now crashing and burning, I think it's very interesting the kind of campaign she chose to run against Ron DeSantis. And let's observe that as much as we on the right may roll our eyes at the hashtag resistance. And this attitude that, uh, that, you know, obviously the pink hats and all these different things that galvanize the Democratic grassroots in the 2018 cycle and 2020 cycle, in a lot of places it worked. And then it came very close to working in 2020 against Ron DeSantis and other places that are looking, had been looking pretty red, like Georgia. And so this time around, Nikki Fried was basically going to run that resistance playbook against Ron DeSantis instead of Donald Trump. And you could argue she did it even more vociferously, literally saying at one point that, yes, she is comparing Ron DeSantis to Adolf Hitler. Now, a little while back, we taped editors and my friend uh, Charlie Cook pointed out there are a lot of places where it's a bad idea to compare the current Republican governor to Adolf Hitler. But Florida is probably a particularly bad state to do that because you have a decent number of people in the state who have immigrated from countries with actual dictatorships, who have you know, run away from countries run by autocrats who will throw you in jail for disagreeing with them. And Ron DeSantis doesn't do that. Ron DeSantis, whatever you think of him, is not as bad as Hitler. In fact, Nikki Fried got rebuked by the Anti-Defamation League. I didn't look up the total numbers, but she, you got to figure it's very, very rare for a Jewish candidate to get denounced by the Anti-Defamation League. But you know, she, again, made this wildly inappropriate Hitler comparison. So Nikki Fried basically rolled out a very familiar resistance playbook against Ron DeSantis. And not only did it not work, not only is she not leading in the head-to-head polls, and she's trailing by about 9% in the latest Real Clear Politics average. I think what's really significant is that even Florida Democrats aren't that galvanized by it. They're not that won over by it. They're going with Charlie Crist, who is a very familiar name. Old Reliable, he's lost his last two statewide bids, but I think they look at him as the safer bet. And what's also interesting is that, you know, a whole bunch of Democratic interest groups from the AFL-CIO to the Sierra Club to Emily's List all took a look at Nikki Fried and said, mm, you know what, just not feeling it. We're going to go with Charlie Christie yet. I think the resistance either has outweighed its welcome or outstayed its welcome. Or Ron DeSantis is just a different guy. And that as the pandemic continued, Floridians were glad they had a governor who was very interested in reopening the schools and getting people back to work and getting people to be able to live their life as normally as possible while trying to do so safe with a contagious virus around. And that all of these plays that worked against Trump so far aren't really working against Ron DeSantis. And if you think that's a, I see that as a, probably a very important piece of information to keep in mind for Republicans as they consider their options in 2024. Maybe this is putting the cart before the horse. Uh, you know, we'll see the results there. There was a poll that came out just a couple of days ago that had Chris up by 30 points, which I think is really kind of striking, is that Nikki Fried isn't just going to lose. She may well lose by a lot. 
We'll see what happens tonight. Again, I think Ron DeSantis is extraordinarily likely to win re-election, and he may win by a big margin. But I think we may look at this as a moment where the resistance, the, the milk started turning sour, and people just weren't interested in that message anymore. And I think that's pretty significant, well beyond the, uh, the state line of Florida. Yeah, she basically started her campaign as a troll, and I'm not sure it changed that much after that. It was all you know, memes and, and cheap shots and so forth. You know, we'll see what the, the voters actually have to say today. Uh, arrogance is never in short supply with politicians, Jim. But uh, according to the Politico story, Nikki Freed recently said in an interview, I know if I lose, the people lose. <laughs> the people are me. Well, it's like Fauci. He's the science. You know, it's all, it's all the same thing. But, uh, you know, we talk about how short the Democrats bench is for 2024 if Biden doesn't run. Imagine being the Democratic Party leaders in Florida going, all right, DeSantis is up. We got to got to try and knock him, kneecap him a little bit here. He's probably going to be a presidential contender. Who do we got? Charlie Crist. All right. Who else we got? <laughs> because we ran Crist eight years ago. We can't do that again. Oh, it's just him and Nikki Freed. All right. Uh, yeah, because Charlie Crist ran in 2014. It was close. Lost to Rick Scott as Rick Scott ran for re-election. Then he uh, decided to run for the House, and the Democrats ran Andrew Gillum four years ago. And as you put it so charitably today, Jim, he was not ready for prime time in a number of different ways, yet almost became governor. And so I, I now, one reader respond, he was ready for hard time. Yeah, exactly. And so the Democrats are, you know, kind of throwing up their hands going, all right, well, dust off Charlie Crist. All right. But let's talk about another piece of uh, good news, and that's the fantastic oral care you can get with the Quip Electric Toothbrush. It's a fantastic toothbrush. Uh, the buzzes, uh, it tells you when to switch, which part of your mouth to, to, to brush. You can do it almost mindlessly, and it's a fantastic product. The Quip Electric Toothbrush is loved by more than 7 million mouths. In fact, it's also loved by the people attached to those mouths. <laughs> it has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses, to guide you to a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. It is a lightweight and sleek design that adults and kids will both love with no wires and no bulky charger to weigh you down. And it has reusable handles in a range of sleek metal hues, including best-selling all black and all pink, as well as bright plastic colors that will make a pop on your bathroom counter. If you go to getquip.com slash martini right now, you'll get your first refill of brushes free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash martini. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash martini. Quip is the good habits company. All right, Jim, on to our second good martini today. And you might remember that... Uh, in mid to late July, we got the uh, second quarter GDP numbers. And for a week leading up to that, we had all sorts of Democrats and their allies and economic punditry saying, oh, yeah, you know, this whole two quarters of uh, negative economic growth, uh, that's not the real definition of a recession. Well, thankfully, the American people are not buying that garbage. Uh, this story's on the free beacon, but the numbers are from an NBC poll. A large majority of registered voters reject President Joe Biden's repeated claims that the United States is not in a recession. Nearly 70% of respondents told Heart Research Associated and Public Opinion Strategies uh, that the U.S. economy has fallen into a recession. Meanwhile, uh, there is a massive number, 74%, saying the United States is on the wrong track, and 58% say America's best years may already 
be behind us. So, Jim, we don't like that kind of pessimism, but uh, given the Biden economic record, it's probably warranted right now. But the good news is Americans are not buying what the administration and the mainstream media tried to force feed them over the past few weeks. Yeah. And if you're in a bad situation, it is better that you see your bad situation clearly rather than to be, um, you know, blinded by happy talk or denial or something like that. I think most Americans have a pretty realistic sense of how they're doing um, that. You know, look, I have no idea how the midterms are going to shake out. I think you can make a strong argument that there are some Senate Republican candidates who are underperforming. But when 74 percent of the public thinks the country is on the wrong track, it's not going to be good for the incumbent party. Uh, one other polling result that kind of came across my desk that I thought was intriguing uh, from Gallup, the percentage of Americans who evaluate their lives poorly enough that they consider themselves to be suffering on Gallup's life evaluation index was 5.6% in July, which was the highest since they started this index in 2008. And you think about that, that's you know higher than it was ever in all of the COVID-19 era, higher than it was through, uh, you know, chunks of the the great recession people are saying they're doing worse last month than they had at any point since 2008 that's kind of again hard to see a scenario where people say oh i'm doing great let's let's keep those incumbents in office i'm happy with things are going we'll see how things shake out but i think it is a rather useful that uh, or rather you know a useful lesson for this administration that when they try to tell people no, no no we're not really in a recession people don't believe them they believe that they're in recession and they expect better than what the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress have been serving up so far. No, uh, that's exactly right. And so we will we will find out what happens with the midterms. Going back to Florida, if Republicans do take the House, uh, Ron DeSantis's House map might be one of the reasons that it happens. Because uh, NBC on Meet the Press was already talking about Democrats possibly uh, being in, in play to, to keep the House. And if they actually pick up a couple Senate seats, that could be very dangerous. But I, I still feel like that's pretty rosy because, Jim, on these uh, right track, wrong track numbers, Biden approval numbers, I always had this sneaking suspicion that some of that was lefties being disappointed that Biden wasn't getting more done, you know, people who hate Joe Manchin and so forth. So now that he's getting more done, uh, will those numbers change so far? They don't seem to, although, you know, it, it just happened. So uh, if we don't see any marked difference here in the next little bit, maybe it's not uh, a chunk of lefties who uh, wish he was accomplishing more uh, that we would vehemently disagree with. And maybe just they really do think that this country is not headed in a good place. All right, one more bit of good news, Andy, and that is the fantastic deals you can find at 4 slash martini, including their signature offer right now, a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X, and of course, free shipping on all orders over $97. You want to be prepared. You don't want to get caught unprepared when your power goes out. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a question of whether you're in the dark for a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe even a few days or more. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X, worth its weight in gold. It's now got double the capacity, and it'll keep your big appliances running, including your fridge, which is full of food that just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's got 12 outlets, including four AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than normal. So visit 4patriots.com slash martini to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. Why are so few singers protesting Hamas? Five for Fighting's John Andrasik has an answer. 
talked to some managers and folks and, and I have, and you know, there's certain iconic artists that in other times would be writing these songs. I'm like, where are they? And they'd say, well, you know, they're scared. They're scared for their families. They're scared that their concerts will be protested. But those are the same arguments people used in 1938. Hear more on the Hollywood in Toto podcast, The Right Take on Entertainment. Find it on iTunes or your favorite audio platform. All right, Jim, on to our final good martini for the day. And this one's a little bit closer to home and quite close to home for you, Jim. Uh, Fairfax County Public Schools uh, started yesterday, and they're dealing with a, uh, a PR nightmare and one that they should be dealing with and should have dealt with a couple of years ago. That's because a middle school counselor was convicted of a sex crime with a minor, soliciting uh, sex uh, with a minor. And the odd part, Jim, the horrifying part, it's not the first time. The first time was during the pandemic back in 2020, and apparently Fairfax County Public Schools did nothing about it. It's happened again, and now action has finally been taken. Glenn Youngkin, not impressed uh, about how Fairfax County Public Schools has handled this. Take a listen. Yeah, this is an astonishing revelation. And just to, just to repeat, uh, for there to be a school counselor, middle school counselor, who was arrested for sex trafficking, for, for sex solicitation of a minor, back in 2020, November 2020, and for that issue only now to be resolved, if those facts are correct, this is wholly unacceptable. So Jim, he's, he's absolutely right. The first job of the schools is to, to educate and also have a safe place for that learning to take place. And when you look the other way on something like this, especially for a counselor, for heaven's sake, where kids are expected to open up and trust them, uh, not sure that that's the right spot for... Uh, for second chances. So uh, what do you make of what's happening in your neck of the woods? I don't know. I, I doubt it affects your specific school. Maybe it does. But uh, also how Youngkin is, is responding. Thankfully, it does not. And I really have very little to complain about, about uh, where the Garrity kids are going. But I, I, I'm kind of just curious, how did that first HR meeting go? Hey, Darren. Yeah, we saw you've been uh, convicted of soliciting prostitution from a minor over in Chesterfield County. Uh, that's bad. Uh, the fact that you're convicted and only you're know, given a five-year suspending sentence. Here, saw that you registered as a sex offender. Glad you filled out all the proper paperwork on that. Um, you really got two strikes against you, buddy. We, we can't accept... <laughs> What, what does he think? Was, was it wrong? But who, who looked at this and said, oh, keeping this guy... This guy should still have access to kids. It's perfectly fine. Um just appalling and, and kind of glaring. And, and you know, I, for, we, we it, it was like, obviously the actions of this guy are not representative of all teachers, but when something like this doesn't get the quick action that parents would expect, uh, you end up with people feeling like, you know, oh my God, what's going on with this public schools? Who's running this stuff? Um, you know, it is, there are a whole bunch of, Parents who have already feel frustrated with the state of the public schools, who basically feel like school bureaucrats really can't be trusted to police themselves. They're lackadaisical. They're laid back about this sort of thing. They'd rather cover up crime in schools than to actually address it because they want to, you know, they're worried about bad PR. They're worried about, uh, you know, parents demanding changes. This is really depressing. Glad to see Duncan jumping on this. And, you know, if schools don't want to have this kind of bad PR, deal with it the moment it happens. Don't sit around waiting for it. Um, and it's it's just kind of, you know, the shocking uh, sort of thing that no parent should ever have to face. 
Exit question here, Jim, on a slightly different topic, but still related to Glenn Youngkin. He's making plans to go campaign for various Republicans heading into the midterms here. We have talked before about rumors that he's thinking about 24. You and I have been pretty clear that one year as governor is not exactly (laughs) the right resume to run for president. Plus, we kind of like to keep him around for a while. Do you get the sense, though, that he's heading closer to that decision? Well, apparently that's Nevada, which is not one of the, you know, oh, it's not New Iowa, New Hampshire, but it's still pretty darn early. In fact, it goes ahead of South Carolina, at least based on the recent cycles. You know, that certainly seems like a guy who wants to keep his options open and wants to talk about that. Uh, I don't, th- I, I think if you want people to entrust you with the presidency, you should develop a record in government office. I like private sector experience. It can be good. Uh, if you can say you've created jobs, if you can say that you've had to make payroll and how to balance the balance sheet, you know, like that, that's all nice experience, all good. But government works differently than business. And I think we've seen uh, folks from the business world try to step into government and find out that things work a little bit differently. If you Ideally, you're being hired for your managerial skills. You need, and ideally, considering the state of the country, I'd like to see you having a really good record at reforming bureaucracy. Um, in that sense, Glenn Youngkin is exactly where I want him. And we signed him to a four-year contract, metaphorically. <laughs> I want him to fill out that contract. And then if he wants to run in 2028 or 2032 or something, go right ahead. I'll probably be an enthusiastic supporter. But don't start the one, the second task until you finish the first task, dear governor. And uh, we'll see how things shake out. This may just be him wanting to keep his option open or maybe be a potential running mate option for Trump or for DeSantis or something like that. In its of itself, as long as it's not interfering with his state duties, it'll be fine. But don't get too big for your britches there, Governor. You've still got a job to do. Yeah, uh, I, I think we would say pretty much, except for the Redskins thing I mentioned the last time we talked about Glenn Youngkin, uh, I think he's doing a really good job. We kind of like him where he is. But he, you know, he'd be better than any Democrat, uh, obviously, who would be running for president. And if he were elected, he'd be the tallest president ever. Move over, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln's had that title for a long time. So anyway, Jim, on that note, have a great day. Good luck with the book sales. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity of National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And please tell a friend about us as well. We'd love to have them listening as well. Uh, Thank you so much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep those coming. They are a huge help to us. And remember to get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Remember Jim's brand new novel, Gathering Five Storms, the short story, Saving the Devil. And follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday and join us again on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. You know, a lot of the media doesn't cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York with The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I will talk about how new information is still coming out about the Mar-a-Lago raid, and it looks a lot like some old conflicts, as the public is demanding answers. And I'm also going to talk about how the IRS is enormously expanding, spending billions of taxpayer dollars in doing so. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.